Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I didn't really mind the last few days of cold weather, that blast, that Arctic blast. March is called the cruelest month for a reason, and that was it. Came in like a line and went out like a line. Hey, you're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of April 2nd and 3rd, a belated Happy New Year to all in parallel universe of Rack and Fin Radio when a season opens, indeed cause for a New Year celebration. Yesterday, April 1st, April Fool's Day, Todd season open. The season's going to run through the 30th of April. I tell you, from my end, my experience, and a lot of others, the bite really doesn't kick in until probably maybe the middle of the second week, and then it is balls to the wall with that. Tasgate your tog in for uh, the last time, 15 inches minimum, and the limit is for, hey, turkey permits, leftover unclaimed turkey permits are still for sale. Now, we have a bass tournament coming up. It's going to be next week at the Cooper River, April 9th, Saturday, put on by the South Jersey Kayak Bass Fishing Club. It's an open buddy tournament. Now, these guys, are they are aces on... Uh, with the bass from the yaks, man, that Cooper River, you never, you never know what's going to happen. We got some snakeheads in there, basically the length of some of these kayaks. Go to uh, sjbca.org for all information on the Open Buddy tournaments. Hey, what do you think about these fluke options coming up? Now, this Thursday at 5 p.m. April 7th, the Bureau of New Jersey uh, Marine Fisheries Council is going to have a webinar. Public is o- It's open to the public. You have to register, uh, log on or whatever. And for, for public comment, there's five options. And some of these options, not too bad. And you're not going to be able to please everyone. A couple of charter guys I spoke with, like option four, for example, three fish at 17 inches, but only 101 day season. Now, a lot of tackle dealers I talked to, like option five, two fish at 17 to 17.9 inches and one fish 18 or greater, 150 day season. Now, if we keep the status quo, three fish at 18 inches, 154 fishing days. Now, we had a 16 plus percent bump in allocation. That's why we have the added days in here. As Jim Hutchinson from the Fisherman Magazine wrote, very eloquent what about a month ago crumbs at least it's something hutch we know that i'm i'm like scratching my head as much as you are and i feel like what's that oliver twist was it more please more please but it is something now to get in on the webinar go to okay check this out you can go to fisherman.com they'll have all the information there but right here go to state.nj.us forward slash dep forward slash fgw forward slash mcnclmtg dot htm to find out more information on another the council said it will post all pertinent information at least three days prior to the webinar to get involved as uh, rfa used to say maybe they still do democracy is not a spectator sport get involved get involved before we get to our next guest larry Hardy from the njoa former director new jersey division of fish and wildlife got a shout out to bob and his lab bow there at cedar swamp creek Thanks for listening. A little late in getting the shout-out team has just been crazy. Okay, man, people, grab that cup, grab that red. We'll be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Oh, what is it? What is it? Next next Saturday, April 9th, trout season opens. Learn all about the trout magnet, how deadly it is in upcoming segment. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is breaking news. It's not breaking. It's been going on now for almost a month. But up in North Jersey and also Pennsylvania, because the landmass is situated in both states, the Pennsylvania and New Jersey chapters of the Sierra Club are basically what I would call in on a land grab. 
The Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area, nearly 70,000 acres. We have, what, 54, 55,000 in New Jersey and Sussex and Warren counties. Tremendous fishing, tremendous hunting opportunities, great hiking trails, beautiful piece of property. And, yes, I run into a lot of South Jersey people up there. Okay, now they want this designated from a recreation area. It was back in 65 when it was a part of the Tox, uh, Tox Island Dam project. It was tabled in 77, I think, or 78. It's a national recreation area. Hunting and fishing were an integral part of the plan. Under national park designation, which the Sierra Clubs want to do, hunting and fishing will be, they say it's going to still be allowed on temper. It's going to be shrunk if at all. Because don't forget, the other 63 national parks, is there much hunting and fishing? No, most of it is banned. So let's get a, a handle on this. Joining us on the Rack and Fin Radio line this morning, very special guest is Larry Herity, former director of the New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife. He's now on the board of trustees of the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance and also New Jersey Outdoor Alliance secretary. Going to fill us in on what is happening. Now, they had some meetings of Warren County and Sussex County. What is happening with this? This happens, listeners. If this gets national park designation, hunting and fishing, we're screwed. That's it. Plain and simple. We're screwed. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Tom. How are you? Uh, Larry, the more I read this and dig farther and farther deeper into it, man, my ass is getting in the air big time. My, my blood pressure is through the, through the roof here. Larry, you've, you know, there, there were some meetings recently. What is happening? What's, what's the uh, status here? Well, no, nothing's happening definitively right now. As you mentioned, you have the New Jersey and Pennsylvania Sierra Club and the former Park Superintendent John Donahue have resurrected a plan that first came up in 2014 to turn the recreation area into a national park. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this time around, since uh, they got so much opposition the last time from uh, hunters and fishermen, they've decided to call it a park slash preserve mm. as the National Park Service did in West Virginia. And the national park portion would not be open to any consumptive recreation and also probably not allow horseback riding, bicycling, uh, other other issues, uh, recreational right. activities. And the preserve, they say, would be still allowed to be hunted. But we had a NJOA, the State Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs, uh, Division of Fish and Wildlife representatives had a meeting a few weeks ago and said, how much is going to be still available for hunting? And they don't know. They don't even have a right. map. Of, uh, they don't know what they want to have for a park, what they want to have for a preserve. So naturally, uh, um, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance has taken the stance that we oppose this um, at this point in time. This is a pig in a poke. Right. You don't know what you get, so how could you agree to anything? Um, the, the Pennsylvania... A sportsmen's Association have come out against this plan. Uh, the uh, Sandy Stone Township Town Council passed a resolution last week against it. Um, there's a group that's formed, nonationalpark.org. You can find them on the website. You can find them on Facebook. Um, the grassroots group of people who live in the area that said enough is enough. You know, these are people whose uh, grandparents lost their property. Mm -hmm. um, they, they put traffic now. Um, if you go up there in the summer, it's wall-to-wall -wall people. Right. They, they even have shuttle buses taking people from parking lots to, to go to the trailheads when they want to hike. How, how much fun is that? Now, Larry, I'm just pointing to attention. I got Route 80 all the time. I like to fish the Dunfield Creek. We let, we go into Old Mine Road, that area. There's some construction going on now. Larry, they are parked out on Route 80 on the shoulder. 
It's, yeah, that's it's, what it's, they're, they're hiking up, I guess, to Mount Tammany or whatever up there. But it's it's yeah. crowded as it is now. Can you imagine National Park, what it'll be like? And the whole thing is that, well, uh, one of the things, rather, I should say, it's uh, more equitable for people that can't travel to other national parks, like an economic justice, yeah. social justice type thing. Yeah. Larry, it's packed as it is in the summer and fall, even in the winter with the cross-country skiers and stuff. It's a busy place. Yeah, you know, they, they say this is going to bring more prestige but they can't guarantee more funding to fix the problems you just mentioned. So, so what's the point? People go there to recreate. You know, in 1965, President Johnson um, passed a law which created, I think, 23 or 26 of these national recreation areas mm-hmm. because he realized people in urban areas didn't have a place to recreate. Right. And in the case of Delaware Water, you got, you got New York, you got Newark, you got Philly. Um, people go there because they want to. They don't care what the name is. But if you create a park, people are going to show up and there's going to be less for them to do. And especially exactly. uh, in, in the winter or in the fall, you know, when this was created, they recognized that hunting and fishing was a tradition for the people in the area. And they're not talking about fishing, but if you've been to national parks, they have different rules and regulations for yep. fishing. A lot of times they catch and release. And so, because of, there's so many people there. So without a map and knowing what they're going to include, this could affect, you know, the, the, the Flatbrook and, and, and a lot of little streams in the area, as well as the Delaware River. You know, Washington, you know, Washington uh, Warren County passed a resolution in favor of this without talking to anybody in January, and they say this is going to benefit shared and American eels. I mean, come on. <laughs> they're protected already. <laughs> Yeah. What are they saying? And they're not going to allow shad fishing in the Delaware. If this becomes a park, well, I mean, the, the the Sierra clubs. I, I remember way back when, when I was in the Jersey Outdoor Writers Association, or contemplating on joining. I'm noticing the Sierra Club, and they were involved in that. And then, oh yeah, conservation, all conservation. Was, that's that's come out now. The past ten, twelve, what, fifteen years, vehemently anti-hunting organization. And to me, Larry, this is, would this be like a plan to, in your opinion, a plan to eventually just yeah, we're going to stop hunting on a big-ass chunk of property, save the bears and save the deer? Well, you know, they won't tell us how much of this is going to be not open to hunting. Now they're promising they're going to come up with the map. But when we had our our Zoom meeting, you had Pennsylvania Sierra Club and New Jersey Sierra Club telling us they're not (laughs) anti-hunting. And everybody practically burst out laughing because every every time there's a game code hearing in New Jersey on our hunting regulations, the Sierra Club shows up and opposes bear hunting, they oppose expansion of many hunting. So this is crazy. Mm-hmm. They also, Sierra Club has a podcast out there that says, don't worry about it if we take your hunting land in the Delaware Water Gap. We're going to include Stokes and High Point and all the wildlife management areas surrounding it. We're going to have the feds buy that, and then you can hunt there. Now, that's no net gain because those areas are already open to hunting. Exactly. So this is crazy. Well, let's just, here's my thing here, just some ligature on this. This is very personal with me. My mom, God rest her soul, the lovely Angela, God, I miss her every day. She was with the Justice Department at the time, working in the federal building in New York. Her and an attorney, uh, and she's, I guess, long past now, Carolyn Arch was her name. They were up in the gap now knocking on doors and, and passing the word. And we used to go up there. It broke my mom's heart, broke my mother's heart, because we would go up, fish the fish the, in the Delaware River. In Worthington State Forest, or there was a place there, a Flatbrook Road up around the back, it was called the Rosencrans. The Rosencrans family, I believe, they're still there. Larry, for a yeah. dollar, they would let you 
fish on their property a dollar a day. And we would, I mean, it was just the most beautiful, greatest place. I saw the biggest buck of my life. We made the turn by the house to go down to the river. It's still inside, serving my memory. It's like the Hartford, the insurance company, that elk. It was, to me, being nine yeah. years old, it looked that big. And Larry, it's, that's why when I saw this, I said, wait a second. They're going to be fishing and hunting are going to be gone, for the most part, gone. And I've been to national parks, and they suck. You're talking millions of people, and I can't imagine what the situation. Well, I can't imagine what the situation will be like as it is now. If it gets that park designation, it's a nightmare waiting to happen. And now, Larry, let me ask you: What happens now? The work that's being done. You have the Wild Turkey Federation up there, the Rough Grouse Society doing habitat improvements. Will will that all stop under national designation? What's the deal? What are you hearing? Well, those groups have already expressed concern. Um, you know. This group, the steering committee that has this crazy idea, says, "Don't worry about it. We can. We'll still allow management." But in 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 my experience over the years, if whenever there's a, a push by a state agency to get some wildlife management done on on a national park, it takes years and years of negotiations and oh, yeah. is all mm -hmm. involved and all this kind of crap. And we don't need that now. We've got some good programs going on. You know, could you imagine if we don't manage? That property for deer and bears, what's going to happen to the local residents up there? Well, on the bears, now we're going to find out uh, this year, this year, next year, uh, with uh, Murphy's, you know, no hunting, you know, bear hunting ban. I can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like up there this summer. Oh. Exactly. And, you know, you're, a lot of your, your uh, listeners are from South Jersey, but when I ran the bear check stations up in Sussex County when we did have hunts, mm -hmm. there were guys from South Jersey coming up there. I remember a commercial fisherman coming up from Cape May, and on the back of his yeah. flatbed, he had his, his cooler there. He stayed a week in a hotel, and he, and, he, and he was successful on the first day, and he got a bear. And I said to him, boy, that must have been a real bitch, you coming up here and baiting <laughs> for months. And he said, no, I came up like on the Saturday before the season, put out bait, and I killed the bear. So, I mean, he may mm. not have been hunting right there, but... North Jersey is, is a prime location for a lot of people from your listening area to come. Absolutely. Up and, and Larry, I, I, you know, I talk to guys at the, you know, in the Bass Club as well and get down there. I see guys from Norwich. I see some of the same guys up at Lake Apacon that I see down at Union Lake and vice versa. Jersey is a very small state. If you've never been up to the Water Gap National Recreation Area, believe, listen, believe, don't go there on a Sunday in the summer. I'm just telling you that right now. But for most of it, it is some of the most beautiful, land, breathtaking landscape you will ever see right here in New Jersey, straddles the Delaware River. And Larry, that part of the Delaware, I'm going to be up there in about a week and a half. That shad run is really starting to percolate. Uh, I'm going to be hunting. I'm going to be uh, shad fishing around Trenton in about a week. But Larry, it's just, it's just as you know, it's most beautiful spot I think in the state. And I love the pines. I love the outer coastal plain. I love that. All. I love Delaware Bay area. But that area, Larry, is is just so unique and to lock it up people say oh but you're preserving it and you know what i heard from someone that was that's for this proposal check this out Hardy, you're anti-native american i said what mm. because of some uh the lenape preserve can you go into that a little bit of that too we, we didn't really didn't discuss that but i said you have to be kidding like they're clutching yeah. at straws to get this thing again the name don't get me going Hardy. the name calling starts <laughs> sorry man yeah the the uh Last time around, this was going to be a total park, no hunting on 34,000 acres or 70,000 acres total. Now they've, now they've got this unknown amount of land, which they say they'll allow hunting to be, and they're going to call it the Lenape Preserve. Now, the Lenape Indians, 
you know, this is apparently their ancestral home. This was a, a big area because, as you said, it was a great area, Tom, for hunting and fishing mm-hmm. for them, too. And there's artifacts that date back uh, in the park that show that the, the Indians planted the same cornfields the farmers do now, you know, 10,000 years ago. So as part of this proposal, they want to create a museum and cultural center for the Lenape Indians um, in the preserve section. So they're going to put it where the hunting is, which means, you know, this is a great idea. Let's honor our Native Americans. But you don't need a park to do it. Right. Just give them, just give them a couple acres and say, build, you know, let's build a, a cultural center and museum and, and, and tout their heritage. We don't need a national park to do that. Okay, Larry. Okay, well, Larry. The, here's the thing: what what can the individual person do? What can clubs and organizations do? To, listen, we have to stop. Please, got to stop this. Listen, we have to put the brakes on this. That happened once. What would you say, Larry? I remember vaguely, 2013 or 14, whatever this came up. A table. Now, what can we do, Larry? What can we do to stop this? Well, if you have any relatives that live in the area, they should you should tell them to go to their municipalities that are involved in protest. Fellows that are out of the area and, and ladies, yeah, this is a federal matter. You need to write Cory Booker, Menendez, oh. oh. and the, the federal representative is Gothmeyer up, up in the... Uh, Josh Gottheimer? Yeah, yeah I'm, I know, yeah. He used to be in the Clinton administration. Yeah. This is a federal matter. Mm. It's a matter of Congress. In 1978, when they finally did away with Cox Island Dam, Congress re-voted to take all the land that they bought for this reservoir and maintain it in this recreation area. So the congressional intent was not to create a national park. It was to create a place where everybody could go and recreate, mm-hmm. including hunting and fishing. So you need to let your federal representatives, all of them in New Jersey, that are going to be voting on it, uh, if this ever comes up, that you're against to it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is unless there's not a, a real 100% consensus, this won't fly. So it's important that everybody just pick up the phone, Write an email to your congressional representatives and our two wonderful senators and let them know how you feel. Listen, that's Scott Heimer. That's Cory Booker. What a performance he put on in the uh, the SCOTUS oh, yeah. hearing. Was that? I'm just amazed. Uh, he should be a, a drama coach. And Menendez. And uh, Senator Menendez was a guest on Rack and Fin, very pro uh, fluke fishing. That situation was up about four or five years ago. So he should may pay attention. But right, one last thing. People, Google it. This place up there forever, forever, in my memory, was called the St. Moritz Inn. It was at the uh, situated little hotel, little inn, had a tiny restaurant, tiny bar, I think five or six bedrooms, right on the end of the Flatbrook, about, Larry, I'd say a quarter mile before it emptied into the Delaware. There was that Wallpack Bend, whatever, right there, Flatbrookville. And when all this happened, I remember driving by. Just I was just up there. This uh, we're doing some uh, autumn trout fishing, late October, early November. And the lovely Demir and I drove by. All that's left there was a berm, all overgrown with weeds and trees. Now where that where that little St. Moritz Inn was, where I mean, I remember seeing Joe Brooks fishing there. All the, all these you know, world renowned trout fishermen right here in New Jersey as a kid, Larry. That's when the American sportsmen and gadabout guys. That's why this yeah. is so important to me. Which really, what, what does that mean? It's important to me. It should be important to you people because it's a land grab, is what it is, Larry. And I, we just can't, we just can't sit by and let this happen. No way. It's going to reduce recreational opportunity for everybody. Everybody. Or you bird watch, or you ride a bike, or you horseback ride. 
Well, let's uh, we have a minute. Let's get to the NJOA organization list is 1.2 million represents 1.2 million outdoorsmen and outdoors women in the state. Like, how do we get involved with the NJOA? What's the dealio? Well, you can get on our website uh, and join. Um, NJOA is the only political pack that represents the 1.2 million or more outdoor recreationists in New Jersey. We're, we're the guys who can smooth up to the your your representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're constantly on the phone with with your state legislators. We just had a fundraiser where we had Senator Rojo there, Senator Smith, two key people that that pushed legislation for us. NJOA was responsible for giving you the Sunday bow hunting, the reduction right. in the four fifty, uh, hop nod, um, the dog train, the dog tracking. So we're the people who got there in Trenton nitty-gritty with the politicians to get things done for you folks. Getting it done. Besides Larry Heritage, shout-out to Ed Morkowski. Shout-out to Big Tommy Connors. NJOA, he is right. I tell you, if he came in my office with some legislation to tell me what to or not to do, I'd say whatever you want, big guy. <laughs> he is a big man. Well, Larry, thanks for joining us at Rack and Fin Radio. I hope to have you on again. Can uh, you keep us updated as this tracks out, Larry? Yes, sir, I will, Tom. You take care. Best to everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. NJOA.org. Check it out. Up against a break, grab that cup, grab that rub. We'll be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Serving the area since 1958, Cowtown Cowboy Outfitters is the best place to get your next pair of cowboy boots and more. This family-owned small business is located just a short drive from anywhere. Your next pair of cowboy boots will look and fit perfectly because the friendly and knowledgeable salespeople at Cowtown Cowboy Outfitters will take the time to make sure you're properly fitted. Join us on April 9th for a special Montana Silversmiths Jewelry Trunk Show and Sale. You can enter to win free jewelry, too. Open seven days a week online at CowtownCowboy.com. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Look out below. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of April 2nd and 3rd. That was Larry Hardy, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Stop the land grab by the PA in New Jersey chapters of Sierra Club. Keep the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area a recreation area, not a national park. Hunting and fishing, tutti fanuti, as we know it. Hey, don't forget, next Saturday opens the Jersey trout season. PA opens today, April 2nd. And, the, the again, there's going to be extra fish going out for opening day. All the water's going to get bumped all right, 15, 20% in the numbers. We got some outs. And I've been up to the hatchery. The trout are in beautiful condition, all rainbows. Now, the bonus broodstock program is back on track. And again, unlike the past two years where they dumped all the fish preseason and I had the one stocking uh, later around the Memorial Day, uh, the week before the Memorial Day weekend, it's back to the weekly schedule. Go to njfishandwildlife.com, click on the trout fishing link. The schedule and numbers are there. Now, the bonus broodstock program, like I said, now of 400 trout, up to probably seven pounds, if not bigger, are designated in 10 select waters around the state. 
Now, either going to get a load of 50 or 30 in the Rack and Fin radio listening area. Crystal Lake and Burlington County, they got their preseason allotment is 800. It's normally 500. And that includes 50 of these breeders. These are three-year-old spent breeders. Shaw's Mill Pond over there in Cumberland, uh, 760 trout with 50 breeders. And one, probably half a mile from the Rack and Fin radio ESPN studio here at Town Square. Birds Grove Park Pond. There's a series of ponds there. The first two were stocked. They listed as 12 acres, so you're probably going to three or four acres. They're going to get 580 rainbows and 50 of these breeder bows. That's going to be, that's going to be crazy. And I love it. Now, trout season in Jersey synonymous last week. Johnny Proc now talking about if you want to do the bait and wait, the Berkeley power baits and gulp dough baits will work. You want to do it on the move. Get, get proactive in this. You just can't beat the trout magnet. Now, a few years ago, where the hell you get a trout magnet time? Well, more Walmart, maybe Bass Pro Shops. This thing is taken off so it's like it's like going to Mars here. I'm seeing them in tackle shops along the coast from Monmouth County down to Cape May on some dealer pegs. Trout magnets. They are just absolutely deadly. When I first saw, I said to the guy I was fishing with, he showed up a little late. I'm, I'm picking off a brown here, picking off a brown. And this guy is not really a, a trout fisherman. He's more of a cat guy. And I says, What are you doing, man? This guy's knocking the snot out of trout. I said, what do you got? He showed me. I said, what the hell's that? He said, trout magnet. I said, where'd you get that? Oh, the Walmart over in Easton. This had to be this was like five, six, seven years. Ago. I said, whoa. And from there, it's just been nothing. That word finally got out. And it is the number one. Okay, right up there, maybe with a MEP spinner. The number one trout fishing lure in the country. Join us online right now. Very good friend of Rack and Fin Radio is Jeff Smith, owner and founder of Trout Magnet, a.k.a. Leland Lures, roaring in at a Searcy, Arkansas, on the Rack and Fin Lounge right now. Jeff, I'm telling you, man, it's committing Salmonicide, brother. Uh, Tom P., how you doing, bud? Oh, I told you what I did. So listen, okay, a little language in this, too. Earlier in the week, I know the cold front was here, so I, I, I just had cabin fever in the worst way. Pack up, man. It's, it's trout time, okay? Some white perch are going on. Some stripers are going on. Pack up there. Go up north. Hit a trout conservation area. I'm not going to mention which one, but it's catch and release only. And it's the 99.9% of people fishing are the fly guys. And I use flies. No, no problem with that. Well, I had a magnet on, and the color was purple haze. Purple haze. Bing, bang, boom. Was slow, but steady. Where a couple of guys uh, come out of, like, they just came out of an Orvis catalog in a parking lot. What the hell were you using, man? Well, you're not, you can't use bait here. I said, it's a trout magnet. And one guy said, you know, I, I heard of those things. I showed him. He said, they hit that? I said, yeah, you, obviously they're hitting these better than your flies. Boy, Jeff, that got their asses in the air. <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it's crazy how, I mean, for years we've done it. We've done this now for almost 30 years. And for that long, we have been able to go to trout streams all over the country and just absolutely destroy them. Mm -hmm. It's been crazy. How many times we've done that? And, and it doesn't look like anything much different than what's out there. But what it does is it falls flat in the water. So when you pitch it out there, if you just give it any light motion, don't pop it hard. Just ta -ta 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 -ta, almost yep. like you're nervous. Right. Man, they come. Now, Jeff, that head itself, do you have a patent on that design it's like a little shad dart a miniature miniature shad no. dart head but good god with that now the, the plastic specifically weighted the grub the split tail grub what is it on that fall that bounce again you have to you know, use the appropriate line of course but something jeff right. i mean i've seen it out fish and i'm gonna be on my one of my terms two of my terms don't warn them just corn them bring them to worm bring them the terms when you're using the worms magnets blown those off the page bro yeah it is i'll fish all of them most of the time mainly because 
when you're using bait, you're putting it back, you know, you're getting back in to get bait out. You're digging it out of the fish's throat. And a trout magnet never goes deeper than the, the top lip, too. That's mm-hmm. what's so cool about it. Uh, we have saved literally millions of trout uh, mm-hmm. by with, with this lure because <clears throat> when I used to use bait, I mean, they'd swallow it. You get to get the pliers out and get down in there, and I, I killed that fish. I have to keep it at that point. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons this thing, you know, exists. But anyways, the, the, the thing about it is that when this thing falls in the water, it doesn't have a fast fall, and it doesn't float. It's kind of like a neutral buoyancy, oh, which it? it just very slowly falls. If, if you have a lot of current, <clears throat> it's a little bit more difficult to use because uh, it can push it fast and doesn't have that same type of fall. There's two species that that fall absolutely just destroys. Trout's one, and the other's bluegill. Bluegill, when that thing falls flat like that, they come up behind it and it's sucking in. Oh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, those species will just destroy it. Now, outside of that, I'll catch everything on it. But those two species, there's something about that fall that absolutely just drives them nuts. Just for my own curiosity, I mean, I, I, listen, I've, uh, again, there's a little background in here. I met Jeff at ICAST years ago. And I, this is when I said, wait, wait, you're the guy from Trout Magnet? And you said, yes. And I told you what happened. You said, well, here, try some. You know, and... uh. But yeah, sitting down with your partners and guys who design this, girls who design this, you just wanted something better. What were you using that you weren't satisfied with that this idea of the magnet surfaced and, and it's yeah. gone nuts from there? Well, you gotta think back in nineteen ninety when we were when we were trout fishing, um, you know, that's thirty two years ago. Um, people weren't using jigs for trout at all, right? So um Todd Leland Gaynor, who I named the business after you know, my partner, he he was uh, jig fishing for trout, so we would, we were getting marabou jigs. We were tying jigs. We were making everything we could because if we knew we knew if we could get to the hole first, we would out, we'd catch a lot of fish. But once everybody got there, then you had to be a little bit different. So we started making smaller and smaller and smaller jigs. Mm-hmm. But then Todd, Todd's brother brought a panfish jig, uh, which is the start of the trout magnet because that's when I was like, hmm, this this might could be something we could you know we can use. Well, then um, I met a guy who, who taught me how to make molds. He, he made molds for the top of wedding cakes. His wife made the cake, and he made molds for the figurines on top. Get out! Well, <laughs> yeah, he taught me how to make molds, and bam. I mean, we were able to make whatever we wanted at that point. And so we started making fishing lures in, you know, in the 90s, and we're using jigs, and people are like, jigs for a trout? I mean, we got made fun of until they right. fished beside us. And then it was ugly. Um, <laughs> you know, first, first time we took a trout. Or one of the first times I remember, it was in January in the 90s, and we just destroyed about 30 or 40 people. And we're like, what was that about? Sure, that won't happen again. Well, mm-hmm. we were on to it. And from that point on, it did happen everywhere we went. Well, we Jeff, step up between 20 or 30 people and just outfish them all. Now, Lester, you're talking about a 164th ounce, like a super miniature shad. Door. Well, Jeff, the design of the grub, the, the split tail itself, who came up with that? Did yeah. you experiment with the curly tail or what? No, no, it was not even us two. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, if you look at it, it looks like a beetle spin. Right. All yeah. we did was elongate it and make the split of the tail better. Um, and, and what happens is it's a combination of several different things that make it fall the way it does. A shad dart's been around for a long time. But where the eye comes up out of that shad dart changes the way it falls. And so it, it had to have the eye further than most. It, it had to have a certain type of, of plastic for it to fall the way it did. So there's there's so many different factors in this thing that made it fall that way. But here's the thing. We weren't going for that fall. We were just going to make it small and make something small like this panfish jig that, um, you know, that uh, Todd's brother had brought to us. And so what happened was in the, 
you know, in the making of that, we we found out the reason they were liking it was because of the shape, size, and and all those things involved. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just amazing how it all came together. People are like, man, you guys were, you know, were, were genius. I'm like, genius. What are you talking about? We just got lucky. <laughs> you know, we were making lures, and and basically from the one design that we had uh, of a panfish lure, just started altering it. So, so it's kind of like taking you know, a, a lure today and start carving it down, changing it and stretching it and making mm-hmm. it bigger and longer and die. And, and before you know it, you've got something, you know, that'll do something, you know, like the trout magnet has done. Well, guys, you hit gold. We're speaking on, uh, we're speaking of Jeff Smith, owner, founder of Leland Lures, manufacturer of the absolutely deadly trout magnet. Trout season starts next, uh, next Saturday, people. Jeff, hang in for another break. I want to talk one now, except for, let's see, the North and South Branch and Matita Conk. Uh, maybe the Manasquan Upper End. Then we have the Toms, Cohansey, and uh, Branch of the Morris River down here. I'd say 99% of the trout fishing in South Jersey is ponds and lakes. Can we discuss a, a still water technique or two and also the right setup for that? Yeah. You bet. Okay. You bet. Love to. Okay, Jeff, hang on. People, grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back with Jeff Smith, Trout Magnet. Run, run as fast as you can. This is a, you can't catch me. I'm the trout magnet man. Be right back. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Fox News until NATO. British intel says Russian troops are withdrawing as Ukrainian troops are advancing on areas around Kiev. And Ukraine has retaken several villages in the eastern part of the country. Ukraine's President Zelensky warns there will be more battles ahead, but he also tells Fox there's a way out of war. Diplomatically, we can find a solution because Ukraine is a peaceful, peace-loving nation. Zelensky also warns that Russian troops are creating a disaster by leaving behind landmines. A familiar voice returns to politics. I will be honored to accept your nomination for Vice President of the United States. Former Veep candidate Sarah Palin filed a run for the House seat of the late Congressman Don Young of Alaska. One of her opponents will be North Pole City Council member Santa Claus. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Partly sunny today, high 56. Cloudy tonight, a shower in places later on, low 39. And a shower in the area tomorrow. Otherwise cloudy in the morning, occasional sun in the afternoon, Sunday's high 59. Patchy clouds tomorrow night, low 35. Mostly sunny Monday, Monday's high also 59. I'm AccuWeather's Sally Sherman on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of April 2nd and 3rd. Okay, so again, as I said in the opening segment, it was sort of a belated uh, Happy New Year talk season open April 1st. And, you know, in the parallel universe of Rack and Fin Radio, when we have any kind of season opening, indeed a New Year celebration. Well, trout season opens April 9th next week. South Jersey is going to get loaded with rainbows. A little bit of a diversion. Maybe if it's only for three weeks, four weeks, give it a try. It's just a lot of fun. And you are going to load up that string. And I don't forget, listen, don't forget, except for the Toms River and maybe the South Branch of Batitacon and probably Ponder Lodge because you do have a thermocline down there. All the waters in, in trout in South Jersey are non-trout, meaning take them and catch them and keep them and eat them. They're, they're good to eat, and they're going to die anyway, okay, whatever the cormorants 
you know, don't get that's another battle. That's the story for another show. But we're talking to Trout Magnet, Stillwater Trout Magnet Tactics with Jeff Smith. So, Jeff, now we have ponds. We've got a lot of breeze here, a lot of, you know, areas off the bays and off the ocean and, and back in the pine woods, whatever. So Stillwater Magnet Tactics in the stream, pretty self-explanatory, especially with the little floats. What do we do in a Stillwater situation? Go. Well, here's the deal. You want to go with the lightest line as you can because you got to get distance on your cast. So we fish a mainline two-pound test so I can get my distance. Number two, a fluorocarbon leader is a must because it's sitting dead still and trout's number one source to, you know, protect itself or its eyes. Mm -hmm. They can see that flashing. They might not know what it is, but they can tell it's flashing. I've outfished people using my lure for years using a fluorocarbon leader when they were not. Mm -hmm. So those two things are a must. Then what you've got to do is you've got to find where you think the trout are and then start adjusting your depth on your float. So I'll look to see where I think the fish might be and if I can get my cast to them, because that's the tricky part of a trout magnet on a lake. If you see small ponds, usually mm-hmm. not a problem. I can use a little split shot above the trout magnet right, to get right. out there a little further. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a weighted float will work, but, man, it really messes up. A lot of times the fish will feel it as it starts to pull it and spit it before you can set the hook. So I avoid that if I can. You know, easy trout float or the easy panfish float, those types of floats that are really light or good. And what I do is I get that thing out there and I just let it sit and I'll lightly tut, 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 just shake that mm-hmm. boat and let it sit still. If there's a little chop on the water from the wind, yep. you don't even have to do that. Jeff, I was just going like, to I was just going to mention that we, me and lovely Dee Marie, like knock the snot out of him just letting the wind do the work. And and listen, the, some of the trout magnet uh, kits, the packs uh, depends where, where you go, where you get them. Have the, uh, a styrofoam or two float in there. It's already incorporated in there. And Jeff, you just watch that thing dip. There you go, fish bang. It's it's that simple. Right. And if I don't get bit, I keep changing my depth. Sometimes, oddly enough, in a river, you're always fishing as close to the bottom as you can. Mm-hmm. It looks four feet up. But in a lake, sometimes those fish will suspend up. And so try different depths, two feet, three feet, five feet, six feet, eight feet. Mm-hmm. Now go back up to one foot, right? You never can tell. Right. Once you catch a fish, though, unless your float goes under violently. If your float goes under violently, that means he ran up and bit it and pulled it down. There you go. That's typically telling you you're too shallow. And so that, that's the thing. Then the other thing is you can go downsizing. And what I do with that is I take a mini magnet and I tie a dropper off of the trout magnet about 14 inches. And I fish both of them together. Time out, time uh, out, time out. Did you send him my notes? How did he know about that? I was going to go my next question. The magnificent mini magnet. You're killing me, Smith. Well, I know. Well, here's the deal. When you're, as far as you are, you're going to catch on quick. You, you know, that's what's happened here. You picked it up on it. And if you've done that, Tommy, you, you know exactly what happens. I right. mean, you picked up a few fish with that smaller presentation. It's what the trout magnet did years ago when people weren't using small baits. You went to it, it just blah, 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 blah. Now people are getting a little bit smarter They're using smaller stuff. Um, and if you downsize it one more time, especially in that in that lake, mm-hmm. tie that joker 14, 15, 16 inches off of the shank. What I do is is I tie my trout magnet on, and I leave the tag end off of the eye. That way I can switch the color of the trout magnet, too, and I leave it 14 inches, and I tie that mini magnet on right. there. So just the, the part that I normally trim off, I leave that 14 inches and tie my mini magnet on there. Use my float the same way and, you know, That's switch it. colors. Listeners, and I, I tell yeah. you what I about that, too. That mini magnet works better when you fish it as a dropper. Ex- when you fish it by itself, I don't catch as many. Exactly. I even I even tried it with a fly rod. Uh, did well with the panfish, especially with the big sunnies, the big pumpkin seeds and bluegills. You have even a couple of crappies with it, but it seems as a dropper. Listen, now the mini magnet, check this out. One two hundredth of an ounce. And that little, little perfectly split grub tail on that as a dropper is a teaser, whatever you want to do. I mean, it, it, the, the possibilities 
are nearly endless with this. And Jeff, a lot of times I had double hookups. Now, Jeff, you oh, mentioned yeah, the line. You mentioned yeah. the line. Trout Magnet has SOS line and olive. It is absolutely. Well, Jeff, you, you, you have access to all the line manufacturers. You pick this line and you have your phantom fluorocarbon. Listen, this is a yes. system. This is a system. It's been, it's been just perfected by Jeff and his, his crew out there fishing. So now you go to the website, you'll have everything there. But Jeff, that line, I notice even on small, tiny ultralight spinning reels that always have the nasty coil to it, that line has minimal yes. memory. It's soft. It casts beautifully. And that phantom fluor, uh, fluorocarbon is as good as the premium price stuff out there. Yeah, it is. The, the SOS stuff is what you want. Uh, it's amazing. It really is. We spent a lot of time on that, uh, find the right one, and I feel like we have it. Uh, and so that two pound is what I use 99% of the time. I don't even use our four. Mm -hmm. uh, I use our four for crappie and, <clears throat> and a lot of other things, but I've caught, you know, fish bigger than you'll ever catch on a trout, you know, for in a trout right. waters in particular on that two pound test. The fluorocarbon leader is just clear. Uh, it's not as strong as the SOS because it's a fluorocarbon right. line. It's, it's, it's brittle like most fluorocarbon. It's strong, but, you know, it doesn't have that same quality of strength and, and smoothness that the SOS does. But yet it is a system. A complete mm -hmm. system. You need a rod with a good backbone. You know, that'll help you cast further, like an apple on a stick. Mm -hmm. You have a whippy noodly rod, you can't set the hook and you can't get your casting distance and control for your cast. So mm -hmm. something with a real fat works good. Well, Jeff, let's get to uh, we're, uh, coming up, closing out this segment. Your colors, your color. Now, I've always, I, I buy them, I, I, I hunt them down, I special order them from the site, whatever. You have, what do you have, what do you have in your repertoire, Jeff, in your roster? A hundred colors or something? The color combination uh, is phenomenal. But listen, these are the Tom P. Rack and Fin Radio favorites. You got the cotton candy. <laughs> you got the cotton candy. Chartreuse always. Bubble gum. Uh, you know, the standard pink. And, and even even the black, just it's, it's again, the fall on there. But you have, and of course, the purple haze. I don't know when you introduced right. that, but that's just been, and the bison. That they have been just absolutely deadly. And the mealworm gold. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Colors are important if you're standing still in one spot trout fishing because I've proved it years after years that when you're standing in a spot, a trout will react to a color the first time he sees it. And so a lot of times if I catch five or six in a row on a white one and I make two or three casts and don't catch one, I'll switch real quick to pink. Oh, really? If I don't catch it, real quick to chartreuse because they react to it like they've never seen the bait. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm moving in a boat in a stream where I'm walking down the stream a lot and, and, and not catching lots of fish, then I, I don't switch colors as much. I find a color that I think they, they're hitting best and I stay with it. But I, and as I sit here, I'm looking at colors that we just made yesterday. <laughs> and it's not sell them. It's really not. I'm not even selling these colors I'm making. I, it's for me. I'm finding <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, it's one of those deals where Trout will react to colors for sure. Uh, it, it, if people don't believe that, go fish with me one day, and you know I can prove it to you pretty quick. Color matters for trout. Um, white, pink, chartreuse, you know, cotton candy, purple haze, those colors. The, the colors that are in our neon kit are some of our best colors, mm -hmm. and it's a twelve, thirteen dollar kit you can get, uh, you know, just about anywhere right now. And put that with some light line, you're killing. I mean, it's it, it's it's amazing how difficult. You know, some people have made trout fishing, uh, and, and if you get that light, light line is the key, though. Don't don't fish a trout magnet with six-pound test. You will not catch fish. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Four-pound, you'll catch a few, but nothing like you will when you get down to the size diameter of our line, which, you know, less than 0.20. Mm -hmm. um, and so something 0.16 in that size, you know, line diameter, if there's a four-pound that small, 
use it because that will make the difference. You have one color this past autumn uh, stocking period, and also the November, what we call the winter stocking period. Back, that's all we carry. Well, we have carried the purple haze and the bison naturally, but that orange yellow, good yeah, lord, yeah, yeah, bud. Oh, yeah, we call mm, it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That uh, is I've something. had many days. That'll be the color. Well, there we're speaking with Jeff Smith, Leland Lors, the trout magnet. Jeff, give that website, Facebook. Uh, how to, listen, you go to your dealer. I'm, everyone's carrying a trout magnet now. Everyone, learn to use it, yeah, and you'll just, and, and you're not going to snag as much with the weeds, with the spinners, blah, 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 blah. If you want to do the bait and weight, that's fine. Power bait, sculpt baits, they're killer. You want some action, you want to be moving, especially in the, in the weedy South Jersey waters. The magnet is it. Jeff, what's the, uh, what's the website and Facebook? What do you got, bro? Well, you can find us anywhere you search for Trout Magnet. Our TroutMagnet.com is our webpage. But we're blessed right now to have them just about everywhere in the country. Uh, Amazon, you name it, uh, Bass Pro. We've got a lot of great uh, partners that sell our products. But, yeah, check check it out. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us on our webpage or Facebook. Uh, we'd love to help you catch fish. That's what we really, really enjoy doing. Now, Jeff, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know when you have time. Do you guys have a, a Arkansas trout guide service down there? That's some that's some kick ass trout country, bro. We do. We have the best trout fishing in the country. It's, it's one of the reasons I live down here. Uh, world record was caught on us back in ninety three, forty pounds, four ounce brown. <laughs> you know, we we catch so many trout down here. It's, it's pretty incredible. The White River's down here too, but we're on the Little Red, mm-hmm. which is one of the tailwaters here. We can fish every day of the year. There's no season. It doesn't matter what day of the year it is. I can take you fishing, and we have a guide service. Uh, called Sorlipa Mall Guide Service. We have uh, a couple guys that run that for us, and they fish every day. Uh, we fish out of boats down here. It's a little bit different than I used to do up there in Pennsylvania when I lived up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a giant stream. But these are just sh- shallow John boats with jets on them that you can drift. And man, we catch trout like crazy. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to have a trip of a lifetime, you come to Arkansas in the dead of the summer uh, and catch trout down here because that's when the that's trout right. fishing absolutely. Best. Jeff, mentioning God, I'm such a dickhead. Mentioning PA in the on the on the Lehigh River, in the area. I'll just say the area of Thornhurst up in the Poconos. We just massacred them, and guys, Jeff, guys with the fathead minnows, guys with the with the wax worms. What you there? What are you using? And it was just. It, it was a lot of fun, Jeff. <laughs> Again, oh, these are heavily pressured. It's a heavily pressured stretch, heavily stocked. But we, it was it was a five to six to one dealio, man. It was scary. Yeah, it is fun to do that. It's fun being the guy to catch fish, but it's also fun helping for people too. Absolutely. You know, after they bow down and say, "Yeah, okay, you're the man," and it's really not us, right? It's the Lord because without without that, I'm not catching them. Jeff, one thing too, we noticed because my lovely Dee Marie, even at the one of the lakes where we have a place on, and they stock trout, and she was giving some away. The kids, you know, Jeff, the youngsters, the the seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years, especially the, the adolescents. Their mind is open. It's like a sponge. Yeah. And pretty yeah. soon we had to adjust. I, I had some two-pound leader naturally. I had to adjust whatever. And the trout were in close, granted. But, mister, we're catching. Hey, lady, look at this. It was amazing to see. And they're, they're open to it. Some of the old, old, oldsters like me, like, ah, that bleep doesn't work. But you just saw me yeah, catch right. five trout in front of you. <laughs> okay, Jeff, yeah, before I let true. you go, how are the lovely Mrs. Smith and how are Lane and Zoe? They're doing great. They're doing great. Well, I'm glad you're, you're finding some time to fish yourself, Jeff. Usually when you're in the industry doing this, you never get the chance to go. Yeah, you know what? I have. And COVID was, was a bad thing for a lot of reasons. But there's a lot of people fishing. But I couldn't. We were we were making lures and selling lures. So I, uh, the past few weeks, I've been catching fish. It's been fun. Let's just go to the website. I mean, everything is there. Check it out. Amazon, the, the trout magnet will change. Uh, just change everything. Jeff, we'll see you. God bless. We'll see you soon.
Uh, God bless. Sore lip them all there, Tom P. Sore lip them all. You got it. See you, brother. Way long enough stretch up against a great. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. What was that? Yeah, I just changed. That was for a shout out to Scotty MacGyver, former uh, parts manager for Abu Garcia. It was on 21 Law Drive in Fairfield. Hey, tr- Scotty's a trout killer, man. What was it? Run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the Salmana side, man. <laughs> Get my little trout thing here. It's only for a week. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. This is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus Bulbs with stores in Northfield, New Jersey at 900 Tilton Road right next to Broadcast Center and on Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Roy and his team are extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix so many issues, including your cell phones or batteries for your various power tools and devices. This and so much more at Batteries Plus Bulbs. This is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus bulbs. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. So get to some fishing reports. Hey, man, tournament time is underway. Big one's kicking off, I understand. Going on at Riptide Bait and Tackle 120 on West Brigantine Avenue in Brigantine. Joining us the famous and infamous Andy Grossman from Riptide. Andy, what's up, brother? What's up, Tom P? How are you, buddy? We got tournament time, Andy. Talk to us. What's happening? Tournament, we got the Riptide Spring Striper Derby 2022 going on. It runs for uh, till May 26th. Oh! We, yep, and it, it's got four different categories. Stripers, blues, drum, and tog. Cash prizes. We give out almost $3,000 cash prizes Woo! for first, second, and third. Going by weight. And uh, it's exciting. It, it, with that, with the derby... You can also, if you have the Brigantine permit, you got to have the Brigantine permit and the Riptide Striper Derby. You can drive uh-huh. to Fort Beach, which nice. a lot of the guys like. To, and you got to have a four by four. Make sure I don't want to see any cars out there. <laughs> but you got to have a four by four, and you got to have the Brigantine uh, Derby. And you can drive till May twenty sixth, mm-hmm. twenty four hours a day. You can fish great spots out front. And you know people are a little upset because the cove is getting smaller. To you know, it's not right. a lot of property over there to fish. Right. And, uh, you know, they're selling a lot of permits, so the people that want to fish and they want to get out front, they they get the permit, they get in the derby, and we hand out the cash. So, Andy, uh, what's the deal, yo, man? People just come in, sign up, sign up online. What's happening? No, you got to come in. It's uh, $30 cash. Come on in. They sign up. I give them the derby card, and they are then registered. They got to be registered prior to catching the fish. I don't want to see anyone catching a fish, then registering. It's not yeah, fair that way. We man. try to play by the rules, play Dude, fair. You got it, Andy. Do it, man. Listen, don't, yep. me- don't mess with Grossman. And riptide. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just waiting. We're waiting for this. Uh, we're waiting for the first striper. Also got a $50 gift card out there for the first striper caught, legal striper caught, and wait in at riptide in in, uh, in Brigantine. It's got to be caught in Brigantine. I don't want right. anything coming from upstate New York or anywhere else. I want them coming <laughs> from Brigantine. Because that gets everybody's waiting. They're waiting on the Facebook page to see that first fish. Once right. that first fish comes in, and everybody puts a rod in the water. Well, and the, the young guns, especially the diehards, they've been out. What, do you, what Is there any back bay activity going on? You hear anything on white perch? What's the deal? 
There's a ton of back, uh, back bay up the river. Mullica, I had Michael Regan, a, uh, a local brigand. You know, his father comes down. He took him out there at a nice 26-incher right above Hay Road up there. Hey, ooh, and yeah. uh, the perch, perch have been hot out there. It's just, you know, when we have 20-degree temperatures the way we've right. had the last couple of days, guys don't like to go out. But now we're back 50, 60 degrees, and the water temp's going to yep. increase, and the action's really going to increase. But if you want some stripers, there's a ton of shorts, and there's some keepers back there, yep. too. So Yeah, now, listen, talk season opened yesterday, Friday, April 1st. Now, Andy, we have a guy coming on next week, Frank Mahalik. He's going to give an, an April talk tutorial. It's uh, As you know, Andy, it's a pretty finicky bite. Usually it turns on the last couple of weeks in there before it's shut down. Although you do yep. get some uh, pick a tog here and there. Any of your guys fired up for that? They're getting all excited, and Frank's one of the best. And, and, and tog fishing for me is one of the most frustrating because if you wait too long for that bite, you miss it. If you don't, if you do too quick, it, it's just very frustrating. But, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. To, you know, the season's open, ready to go, and uh, we got green crabs if you need. And uh, hopefully we start weighing in some and start seeing some of the bigger ones. Okay, any big question, brother? You got the blood worms? I got blood worms. I got regulars. I got jumbos. I got it all. Not on to me. Riptide Bait and Tacklers, 120 West Brigantine Avenue in Brigantine. Andy, get that website phone number, please. Go. Uh, 609-264-0440. They can always call me. I leave bait out back for them if it can't get here during business hours, and we always take care of the guys. You and see? Girl. You see? Service, people. You see? Okay, Andy, I got to go. I'm getting all fired up. I got to go. All right. <laughs> you take care. Have a good right. weekend, Andy. We'll see you. You too. Bye. All right. Let's wrap it up going down a little bit to Sea Isle Bait and Tackle Air Fish Alley, 4120 Park Road in Sea Isle City. Mike Cunningham is on the rack of in line. Tell us what's happened in the back bays down Cape May County area way. Mikey, what's up? What's going? Good morning, Tom. How's everything going? Oh, it's time, man. It's just, it's April. It's time. It's time. What do we got? Back bay. Now, I know you've been having some action in there, Mikey. I know it. I know it. I know it. What do you got? We've definitely seen a good increase in life over the past 10 to 15 days. Mm. A big pickup in stripers at night, but a, a slowdown of stripers during the day. Now, the reason that we're seeing that, we think, is the dog sharks are so thick. Anybody goes down there with a, a hunk of clam, a bloodworm, dog sharks are devouring them. Now, hopefully as water warms up, they push off the beach a little bit. But my night guys, they've been doing real well, mostly throwing lures, small uh -huh. paddle tails, small straight tails, things like that, in the lights and in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, that bite's been real good. My opinion, the most exciting news that I've heard, the commercial crabbers. They say they've seen a big uptick in the amount of crabs they're catching. All right. It's still springtime. It's still slow. But if you got nothing to do on a sunny day, the crabs are biting. Get out there and get some of those because – been a long time since we've had a nice fresh Jersey crab. Uh, let's be uh, for the Tom P. I'm Italian, so I can say the Tom P. Ginzo. I do it with the linguine, or I do it at Aganot. Early crabs, yeah. Mikey, are the best. Well, Mike, listen on those paddle tail straight tails. Any particular brand? Some work better than other. What do you got? Well, you know, really, our best sellers have been the Bass Assassins. Um, they have go. been real hot. Now, Northeast Jig Company, we've had, uh, you know, quite a bit of his stuff moving in and out, and a little bit of Z-Man. Um, those have been the ones that we're, you know, reordering every weekend, you know. Okay. Um, so, you know, and then colors bounce around. All your pinks, all your whites, um, you know, anything in those neighborhoods have all been good. Okay, Mike. Mike, before I let you go for the weekend, your take on the flounder options, a fave for the businessman for Seattle Bait and Tackle. What do you got? I got to I got to lean on option five. Um, you know, it gives us a lot of days at 150. 150, days. yeah. Um, gives you the two fish, um, 17 to 18. Now, if I was the king of the world. That's not the way I would do it, but it gives you the two fish at 17, uh, the one fish at 18. Um, you know, it all comes down to the amount of days. This weather 
beats right. us up in the spring and the fall. We need the more days, and that's a pretty good option. Dead loss is our biggest problem, and I don't think it's reported or monitored enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially when you're fishing for 18 inch fish. You know, there's people who you know maybe don't have the the, the knowledge to handle the fish the way they should, right, and you right. have a lot of dead loss. Mortality, so throwing those little ones back, what does it matter? Your mortality rate mm-hmm. is high anyway. So maybe that two fish at 17, one at 18 will help us. I think until the season. So flounder season is broken up into divisions, maybe a spring season for South Jersey, maybe a, a trophy season where you have big fish for October, November. Until it's broken up into segments, we're going to be fighting this forever. For, listen, you heard that from Mike Critter Cunningham. I, I like that idea. Well, Mike, you're right. Listen, you take care, man. We'll see you next week. Have a good morning. We'll see you, brother. That'll do it for this week on Rack and Fin Raider. Get out there and enjoy. Tog is on next week, uh, next Saturday. Trout season opens. Plenty of stripers in the back bay. You got white perch going on. Bass and pickerel are going crazy. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I didn't mind those three days that blast the winter. Was it Sunday? Through? I didn't mind that at all. So let me tell you something. When it's 95 and humid, it's just, yeah, it's just not my thing. But, hey, man, every day my feet hit the hardwood. It's a good day, and you should feel the same way. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. God bless law enforcement. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio.